1: it is bonus episode time on the college football daily my name is trey scott the end of the season is coming closer but the heisman race is still wide open Earlier this week, Josh Pate sat down with Brandon Marcello, Blake Brockermeyer, and Chris Hummer for a Heisman Trophy roundtable to sort through the chase for college football's most prestigious award. Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Kenneth Walker are the favorites right now, but Matt Corral still has time to make a move. And maybe, just maybe, defensive stars Will Anderson of Alabama or Jordan Davis of Georgia can make a late push towards the top. The guys break it all down on the Heisman Trophy roundtable. So without taking any more of your time, here's Josh Pate.
0: Well, welcome in everyone. It's mid-November. We figured around here it's about time for another roundtable. So Blake Brockenmeyer's in the house, Brandon Marcello, Chris Hummer. I'm Josh Pate. We're not talking about playoff at the moment, although there's still plenty of that to come. We've got conference championships to come, but there's something else that's normally starting to round itself into focus about this time of year. And guys, that's the Heisman picture. And the reason I say normally is because I'm looking at an odd sheet in front of me right now. And essentially what I'm looking at is Las Vegas doing the shruggy emoji. No one really knows anything. And so in a sense, we've not clarified this picture any more than what we had in August. But where I want to start, and we'll go around the room, is where we were in August. We talked about the Heisman as we always do in the preseason. And we had that kind of asterisk off to the side of the conversation. This could change. Some name could enter the equation that no one expects. But Chris Hummer, I'll start with you. Then we'll go Brandon and Blake, and I'll wrap it up. 10 or 15 seconds, where did you think the Heisman would be? Which names did you think would be popping by mid-November when we started this season?
1: Yeah, I thought it would be Spencer Rattler, number one, then the three uh, 2020 QBs, DJ Uliangale, Bryce Young, CJ Stroud. And I also thought maybe a smart bet would be JT Daniels because Georgia was going to have a great season.
2: Yeah, I thought DJ Uliangale would emerge. Yikes. And uh, (laughs) here we are now, and I, I have no idea.
3: I'm kind of like Chris. I thought Spencer Rattler uh, would, would would be the favorite going into the season. I thought Oklahoma uh, was was one of the favorites to win the, the national championship, and J.T. Daniels I thought would would also be a guy that uh, would would be in contention because I knew Georgia uh, would probably have a pretty good year this year. So those are the two guys that I was looking at for the most part. As it's you know usually a quarterback award.
0: It's weird. A lot of people mentioned Uyangalale, all three or four of us here. But a lot of people, aside from us, were mentioning D.J. Uyangalale. And if you wanted some ACC love and you weren't going to go the Clemson route, there was a lot of Sam Howell love. And neither of those names are really heavily in the mix at the top of the board right now. And the thing about it is they haven't lost their odds due to season-ending injury. It just hasn't happened for them. For that matter, Clemson and North Carolina haven't lost their spot because of season-ending injury at quarterback. It just hasn't happened for them. So right before we started recording, I had our crack producer Lance look up what the current odds are. And it's as you would expect, it hasn't really changed all that much over the last few weeks. We've got Bryce Young at around plus 180. We got C.J. Stroud, Ohio State quarterback there at plus 240. Kenneth Walker, the Michigan State tailback, got a big opportunity in the horseshoe this weekend. He's at plus 280. And I think it's important to note to get this late in the season and to have those three names there at all under plus 300 odds, again, to tee it up is essentially Vegas saying, if you think you know something more than we know, go for it. There really is no preemptive favorite right now. So I'm going to start with you, Blake, and then we'll go Brandon and we'll go Chris. What are you looking for and which name do you have your eye on over these last two or three weeks of this season?
3: Well, I think the most important thing from here on out is you got to win. I mean, whoever wins the Heisman's going to be on a winning team. Uh, they're going to go uh, – you know, probably be a playoff team unless someone just go. I mean, if, if Kenneth Walker can just career it against Ohio State, which, which he might, and, uh, and they can get to the Big 12 – I mean, Big 10 championship game and do well, like I think he's got a legit chance. But I think Bryce Young's the, the name that I've had all along since probably midseason. His numbers are incredible. Alabama's going to win. The next two games and make it to the SEC championship game. So that's that's a name. You know that that's kind of my leader right now. And then I think C.J. Stroud has really uh, played well and has put himself in the, into the picture here uh, at the end of the season. And just like Kenneth Walker, if he can have big game and continue to do what he's doing, then I think he's going to be in the mix at the end of the season as well.
2: I think we're in a situation where competition and level competition matters because we have no idea really who should be number one right now, and Bryce Young is number one on that list right now, but the remainder of Alabama's schedule before Heisman Trophy voting comes in is not all that great, especially defensively. So I actually look to the Big Ten, and C.J. Stroud has got a fantastic opportunity in front of him going against top 10 competition in Michigan and Michigan State, if he can have big games like he's been having these last four or five weeks against those two, I think he'll very well end up on top of this list. What hurts Bryce Young right now is, as much Alabama fans would hate to admit this, but they need Georgia. If they could face that Georgia defense before the Heisman voting comes in earlier and get a big performance out of Bryce Young, that would, I think, solidify him at number one, but we're not really going to be able to see that until that Heisman voting comes in, and that's uh, that's too bad for him because he, he may very well be the best player in this group, but to me, those Big Ten uh, finalists, so to speak, in our own minds, CJ Stroud, including Kenneth Walker, they've got better competition and better opportunities to, to move up the board and maybe win this thing.
1: Yeah, I, when I think about the Heisman, I think about narrative. It is a narrative award. It always has been. It's stats and it's narrative. And down the stretch, C.J. Stroud has the best opportunity. He's got Michigan State this weekend, Michigan the following week, and then probably Wisconsin or Iowa in the Big Ten Championship game. That is three opportunities against three top 25 teams, three opportunities against good to great defenses, and three opportunities for C.J. to make Stroud to make a statement on the biggest stage. And I think Ohio State, given the talent disparity that it will have against all three of those teams, has the best shot. But I do agree with Brandon. If Bryce Young gets to the SEC championship game and has a great performance against Georgia, given the narrative surrounding that Georgia defense, I think there's an excellent chance for Bryce Young to vault to the top of those standings. Kenneth Walker, I'm a little more hesitant on. I think he's very deserving of the award, but I feel like Michigan State is going to take a loss this weekend and miss out on the Big Ten championship game. And losses that stack up late seem to harm players more than losses that you suffer early. I don't think C.J. Stroud is going to be penalized for how he looked against Oregon and the way Kenneth Walker would be penalized about losing to Ohio State. So I like those two 2020 quarterbacks at Alabama and Ohio State to be the favorites for the award going the rest of the way.
2: And, and the other thing about Stroud is is not a lot of people talk about this, but he, his shoulder was bothering him in that Oregon game. So I'm sure that, that that's something that's going to come up here late.
0: Yeah, I would uh, make sure everyone remembered that if I were CJ Stroud or anyone yeah. in around Columbus, Ohio. Just, just it doesn't hurt. Look, pregame, if you just, it doesn't hurt to, to show it to the camera every now and then. Hey, but a lot of a lot of us have been talking about Conference Championship Saturday, and yes, there are still hurdles remaining for all these teams. Do you think, strictly in terms of the context of the Heisman Trophy, this could be the most consequential Conference Championship weekend that we've seen in a while? Because we're talking about Kenneth Walker and his biggest hurdle being Saturday. But for CJ Stroud, you are talking about him having to break the tape at the Big 10 finish line. Bryce Young, you're talking about him having to break the tape against the best defense in the country in all likelihood at the Big 10 or at the SEC finish line. Think about just in the Heisman conversation, how volatile we could see the picture as we wake up that Saturday morning and I'll ask you this to start Brandon Marcello, could that mean that we have a record amount of of
2: votes that are still out there as opposed to a lot of people having already cast it before that Saturday. That's what worries me. That's why I brought that up about competition when I mentioned Georgia for Alabama. Historically, a lot of people, especially the old timers, they like to cast those votes before championship weekend. And that would concern me big time for Bryce Young, not C.J. Stroud, because C.J. Stroud's got these bigger games earlier Bryce Young. So what if you beat Arkansas, put up big numbers? So what if you beat Auburn, a probably a five-loss team? When you after you get done with them, the thing with with CJ Stroud is he's going to have that that cash kind of in the bank for him going into championship weekend potentially. And how many ballots are going to be filed before championship weekend? I am with you, Josh. There, I, I think that we're going to see an opportunity here where there's going to be a lot of ballots still being held held back until after championship weekend, but. There's still gonna be some of those people just go. Ah, I'm gonna fill this out. Okay, all right, and then it's still seven, eight days before you know championship well, week.
1: Ballots aren't due till the twentieth, are they? So that's like a week or two after the SEC championship game, right? Oh, I'm sorry.
0: I'm not. I'm not talking about due date. I'm talking about Peapod doing exactly what Brandon Marcello just yeah. said,
1: regardless of what the due date is.
2: I think vote, voting starts the 29th. I'd have to look that up, but I think voting starts the 29th. That's when the, the well,
1: anybody who out. puts in their ballot like four days before championship weekend just to get it done needs to have their vote taken away. Else well,
2: the they need to. They need to reveal who has vo- voted at what time. I know that they don't like to be very transparent. At the Heisman Trust, other than just showing you the total points at the end, but. <laughs> We need to see that like we see the AP poll poll votes every week.
0: So, Blake Brockenmeyer, back to the conference championship Saturday question. And I'll also toss this in. We'll go around the board here with this too. But I'll start with you, Blake. So we're talking about these usual names and how big that Saturday could be. But we've also got a couple of defensive names way out on the periphery. Their orbit's well away from this conversation at the moment. Will Anderson's there for Alabama. Jordan Davis is there for Georgia. Those two could very well Meet in Atlanta, along with the likes of Bryce Young. Do you think that that conversation changes, or one or both of those names get inserted more into the equation, to where maybe we're not just talking about quarterbacks that Saturday in Indianapolis and Atlanta, respectively? Maybe we're talking about well, what could Jordan Davis do to Bryce Young? What could Will Anderson do in this game for Alabama?
3: Well, Will Anderson's got the biggest you know upside to, to make huge plays. I mean, he's all over the field and every. On you know, on most of their snaps on defense, and has been all year. You know, he's got 12 and a half sacks for the year, and I think he's got 23 TFLs for the season. So he's got a chance. I mean, Davis doesn't ha- is a great player and does a lot of the dirty work for Georgia. You know, Dean's the guy for Georgia that is is to me their best defensive player uh, as far as uh, that's that's going to have a lot of stats but he didn't even lead the team in tackles. Georgia rotates so much on defense. I just don't think there's there's any way that uh that that they're going to have a defensive player win it. You know, where they're going to win it is they're going to win it on draft day because you know, th- those guys are all going to be first round picks. Will Anderson will be the first pick in the 2023 draft. So they they might not win a Heisman, but they'll win on draft day which you know, I think I'd rather win on draft day than than win a a Heisman Trophy.
2: You know, the weird thing about uh, Will Anderson right now is I believe Alabama has him with 23 tackles for loss, but the NCAA has him with 19. Alabama needs to get with the NCAA and pump those numbers up, man.
0: That's interesting.
2: That's very interesting. So that's something to dive into. for you.
0: T- Hey, 500 words for you this afternoon, Chris Hummer. Taylor made, baby. Just roll with it. I don't know.
1: Can I Can I make a quick Will Anderson argument based off that 23 number real quick? Yeah. So the single season NCAA record for tackles for loss, I believe, is 32. So Will Anderson conceivably in the next three weeks could break that record before the end of of the regular season, at least the SEC championship game. So if Will Anderson's sitting there when Heisman Trophy ballots are due with 32 32 tackles for loss, the single-season record, are you going to tell me in this year when everything is wide open that Will Anderson's not a legitimate candidate for that award? Obviously, Alabama and the NCAA need to talk. They need to get those numbers uh, settled. But if Will Anderson sets that record, it comes close to setting that record pre-playoff or pre-bowl. Will Anderson has a good, as good an argument as anybody. And he is clearly, in my opinion, the most dominant defensive player in college football. Yeah, and I think yeah. in a year that this, is this open, Will Anderson deserves to be in that conversation. Absolutely.
2: A- absolutely. Here, here's the thing though. And I hate people just look at stats and, but that's, that's the Heisman vote. I mean, there's hundreds of people voting for it, but listen, um, Derek Thomas back in 1988 for Bama had a record season. He had 27 sacks finished 10th in the Heisman voting. Will Anderson, those tackles for loss are sexy to us, but people are gonna probably going to look at sacks. He's got 12 and a half sacks. I mean, I do think Anderson should be in New York City by far, but uh, that's something to keep an eye on when uh, these uh, voters get those ballots. I mean, Blake, Blake, you played offensive
1: line, man. Like Sacks aren't everything, right? Like Pressure matters just as much, and Will Anderson yeah. provides more pressure than anybody. Got, in college football.
3: Yeah, I think he leads the country in pressures by a lot as well. I mean, he's an incredible player. Uh, You know, what's crazy is he'll even get better next year. I mean, he doesn't have uh, a wide variety of pass rush moves. He basically wins on his get-off and his effort, and he is an incredible player. But, uh, you know, he's not going to win the Heisman, I don't think. But And next year's Heisman uh, group is filled with incredible young skill guys. So... He's not going to win it next year either. So, but like I said, he's going to win on draft day, which is, you know, which is, which is a big deal.
0: It's interesting that also earlier this year when Alabama was having mixed results on the field and that hasn't subsided. I mean, there's still a little volatility and what to expect from Alabama week to week. Usually when things go bad in the rare occasion, they go bad for Alabama following Monday, you'll get a lot of junior and senior veteran leadership in front of the microphone and they'll own it. Well, that has been Will Anderson, a true sophomore for Alabama. And that's been the voice in that locker room. That's been the guy that you look to as the closest embodiment and personification of what you expect Nick Saban to be. If he's put in a 19 or 20 year old body, I don't know that voters care about that. I'm telling you, I would care about it if I was a voter judging by what the spirit of the award supposed to be so a lot of will anderson love obviously outside of the names that we've mentioned and it's pretty exhaustive we're looking at names like matt corral sitting at for instance plus 700 so Brandon marcello the last time we were on a round table i'm going to paraphrase you you can quote yourself directly since you're you you said something along the lines of matt corral kind of the steph curry of college football and i would argue is this award not totally just tailor-made for a steph curry of college football
2: Yes, sure, but we still have to consider who did you beat, and their best victory right now is Texas A&M, and Texas A&M is not a top-10 team. I think that's clear right now, even though they beat Alabama. And so you're not competing for a championship. You've lost a couple of games. You're probably going to end up having three losses or more. I mean, you're going to have more losses than that, and I I just don't think you can put Matt Corral – in that conversation among the top two will he be in new york city maybe possibly i mean this thing's wide open we all know that we've discussed that over and over again but i no mac corral is not the embodiment of, of a heisman winner just putting up big stats right now that's not all that it takes and he's he's suffered some some big losses no really fault of his own It's it, that defense hurts but in the big picture that's it's not what you want to see out of a heisman candidate
1: can I make a quick case for Matt Corral? Yeah, go for it. I don't think I'd have him first in my Heisman Trophy ballot, but week to week offensively, I do not come away more impressed than anybody but Matt Corral. He is that offense for them. Ole Miss has been banged up in nearly every position offensively. He has been asked to run the ball. Matt Corral has been hurt throughout the season. And his numbers, his numbers the last four weeks wouldn't impress you the way he was early in the season. But he just keeps finding a way to help Ole Miss win. And everything in that system is on Matt Corral. And for Ole Miss to potentially be ten and two this season, and for Matt Crowley to be as banged up as he was and put up the numbers he still is, I think you can make a strong argument he's the most impactful quarterback in college football. Maybe not the best, but the most impactful. And I think in a season like this, that should at least send him to New York.
2: He's a great quarterback playing in a system. I, I think that yeah. if you if think like if you put another four star kid in there, they'd be putting up similar numbers. Andy Andy's Andy's lost some games that he should win. And he looked bad in the red zone against an Auburn defense that is struggling right now and a team that's going to finish with five losses. I, I don't I don't see him in the top two. Maybe he gets to New York City, but even that, I don't think we should be seriously considering Matt Corral for the Heisman.
1: I mean, can't you say the same thing about C.J. Stroud? The last like four Ohio State quarterbacks have just
2: been he wins. lights up. Yeah, he but Matt Corral,
1: Matt Corral doesn't have the talent around him that C.J. Stroud does at Ohio State either.
3: Blake Rockenmeyer, anything to add there? I'll
1: wrap I'll wrap that up. I got a thought.
0: I mean,
3: I think Matt Corral, kind of like Chris said, means more to his team than maybe, you know, as much or more than anybody else on this list does. I mean, he's only got two interceptions the whole year. I think one of them was a deflected ball that went off the receiver's hands. Uh, you know, he does play in a great system, but, you know, they've got good players too. I mean, Ole Miss' is receiving, receivers – even though they've been banged up lately, are underrated. They're running. Uh, they've got a you know two or three running backs that are really good, uh, and their offensive line I think is underrated. So you know he's in a good system. Ole Miss next year, assuming they don't get a transfer quarterback, I think their offense will look a lot different, and they will wish Mac Farrell was there because the kid's a winner and a grinder and a leader, and he runs the football when they need it. So, I mean, my hat's off to Matt Corral. He's one of my favorite guys to watch every weekend. So
0: independent of Corral, because I'm not claiming I'd have him in my one or two right now, although I do echo the sentiment that was just expressed, I would say this. If I were having to argue against the system quarterback argument, and I were looking at guys like C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young, all I would say is, well, those guys are in a system too, and not even within the context that maybe it sounds like I mean. I just mean if you're going to tell me Matt Corral or guys like that have the advantage of being in a kind of system that inflates their numbers, I would say, well, that guy gets to play with five different guys out wide that I think will play on Sunday. So I'm going to just call that a system, and he gets to benefit from that. And I'll also credit Matt Corral because, hey, when Lane Kiffin came in there, he could have left, made the decision to stay. And so, you know, hats off to good decision making for putting yourself in position to, I guess, benefit from that. Also, he had to win the job last year. And so there was that, too. I'll finalize our conversation with this. There is a lot of talk out there every year about wanting parity in college football. Normally, we're talking about it at the team-based level. But in the Heisman Trophy conversation this year, this sheet screams parity. It is It is fraught with parody this year. And you guys know how rarely I use that word. So I want to ask you guys, we'll start with Chris and we'll wrap around to Brandon and end with Blake. Do you prefer a Heisman conversation where the waters are really muddy in mid-November? Or do you prefer a couple of horses that extend out past everyone else and it's just neck and neck, but it's pretty much mono-e-mono down the stretch? What's your preference, Chris?
1: I want to put my waiters on, man. I want to go. I want to get my mudden truck out there and just go. Like, I'd rather this be totally up in the air in late November. It's more interesting for the public. It's more interesting for people like us who are asked with writing and talking about it for a living. Like, I, I would just much prefer it to be wide open. It's, it's great when maybe you have a head-to-head showdown the last, like, week of the season and conference championship where it's going to come down to those two guys. But I love the fact that we haven't even mentioned Kenny Pickett. I love the fact that we have to talk about Kenny Pickett in mid-November and that pit football team in the context of the Heisman race. That just does not happen most years, and I think it's really enjoyable.
2: I think that what I like to see is a player or, or a couple of players in this race who are obviously carrying their team in tight games and has those type of Heisman moments. I thought I was seeing one of several to come from Kenneth Walker when he had that big performance against Michigan. The way he performed in that game – and breaking tackles was was phenomenal. And I thought, if he does this later against Ohio State and Michigan State continues to win, and even with one loss at this point, if they continue to win, maybe Kenneth Walker's that guy, but they've got that loss, and we almost sit here assuming, oh, they're just going to lose Ohio State. What if they beat Ohio State and Kenneth Walker's the reason why? Are we going into championship weekend thinking, Kenneth Walker's number one, unless C.J. Stroud, or in this case, I think Bryce Young, unless Bryce Young has a big game against Georgia, I, I think that's very possible. This this week is very big for those big ten players that we've been talking about, Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, or excuse me, C.J. Stroud and Kenneth Walker third. and I can't wait to see it because I think Bryce Young is someone who's not sitting comfortably but is not going to be able to solidify himself until that SEC championship game against Georgia.
3: Well, I disagree. I don't. I, I, for some reason, Brandon must not think Arkansas has a good defense this year. But I've seen them in person. They don't, and they they, they do have a good defense. They're they're they swarmed the ball. They're going to keep the ball in front of them. Uh, I think uh, all these guys are deserving. I think it's great to have the race go this deep into the season. I think uh, Georgia, uh, if they hadn't, if they didn't rotate their 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 players so much on offense. Uh, I think that that there would be a shoe in at Georgia to win it this year just because they're far and away the best team in the country. But they've got so many good players and they rotate so much. I think no one's really been able to stand out uh, statistically uh, just because, you know, and two, they've had to lead so many games early that they just play a lot of backup. So I think it's going to go down to the wire. I think, you know, one of these you know, two or three guys is going to solidify themselves as the best. And I think, uh, I think you know, the cream will rise to the crop and it will be uh, fun, fun to see what happens because I think there's still a lot, of, a lot of chaos to ensue in the next few weeks in college football.
0: Just one of many potential scenarios that could unfold. Kenneth Walker in Michigan State. If they were to beat Ohio State Saturday, A, it would probably be in large part because of him. B, therefore, it would thrust him to the top of the conversation again. C, it would likely come at the expense of C.J. Stroud. And D, we could put ourselves in a position where maybe a couple of weeks later, if Bryce Young and Alabama were to lose, you've had people subconsciously in their minds cross off C.J. Stroud, cross off Bryce Young, and then all of a sudden, where are we at? We're at a place maybe in conference championship Saturday that's even muddier than where we sit in mid-November. So, yes, it's going to be Thanksgiving. It's going to be conference championship weekend. we got a lot of parody in the Heisman race. I'm sure we'll be talking about this a lot down the stretch. As always, you can keep it locked on 247sports.com, where copious amounts of words will be dedicated to the Heisman Trophy race as December approaches. For Blake Brockermeyer, Brandon Marcello, and Chris Hummer, I'm Josh Pate. Thanks, as always, for checking it out. Leave a subscription while you're here. Thanks, guys.